Hello, welcome to Supernatural Stories, the show where you'll hear real stories of the supernatural from real people all across Canada. I'm your host, Cal Goodbaum, broadcasting from Rocking Chair Studio in Toronto. I hope you enjoy the show wherever you are. Thanks for listening. In each new episode of this podcast, I pick one aspect of the supernatural and find people who have experienced some true story related to that and have them tell their stories. This is going to be the second episode about the phenomena of unexplained sightings, what most people tend to refer to as UFOs, unidentified flying objects, or flying craft, or the classic flying saucers. The reason that I started making the show Supernatural Stories is mostly due to the fact that over five years ago, myself and a girlfriend closely encountered extraordinarily quick-moving lights in the sky. Lights which appeared to be attempting to make direct contact with us. You can hear me tell the whole story and hear other people's stories in Episode 3, UFOs. Having experienced something beyond current science firsthand lets me feel comfortable in exploring this topic further with you with some legitimacy. Having seen them close up, I found the idea of them being ships to be lacking. What I was seeing couldn't really be explained. Orbs of light that moved in a way that anything that flies doesn't move like. I felt like they were from a higher dimension, projecting themselves down into our own view, and I preferred for this reason to think of them as interdimensional travelers. But I admit, that is a leap in logic. That's why for the foremost researcher in the UFO phenomena, Jacques Vallée, the most unbiased descriptive term to use without leaping to conclusions is unidentified aerial phenomena. They are, after all, without a doubt in the sky, but we don't know too much beyond that. Seeing aerial phenomena of that kind made me open my mind up to the possibility that other unexplained paranormal things, like ghosts, were also possible. When I started this podcast, I soon found out that every week people were telling me about ghost experiences that they had had, confirming that it was a large-scale phenomena. But I haven't found what I was first looking for, many other stories about UFOs. Many people are fascinated by UFOs, but very few have seen them, and even fewer have seen something that can't easily be explained as a weather balloon, or a helicopter, or a drone, or any of a number of explanations. What you're about to hear are the true stories of those people who don't have an explanation, those who did not hang up the phone on me, those people who reached out and shared for us what they had really seen. We'll hear Donovan tell us about a sighting he had in the skies not far from my home in the west end of Toronto. You'll hear Tara, who thinks she saw a satellite, but after talking to me, she's not so sure. In the first UFO episode, I talked about my own first orb sighting, and now in this episode, I'll share a second one. But first this incredible story about a supernatural sight in the skies from Randy. It's a perfect example of why the term unidentified flying object doesn't fit all kinds of sightings, because this is definitely not what I would describe as an object. This story takes place in Costa Rica in 2006. Me and my wife decided to go to Costa Rica to go backpacking for a few weeks. And we took off. 
And, you know, we were traveling all through the country, backpacking, and we ended up in this one little village, this little coastal village called Montezuma. It was off tourist season, so there was no tourist anywhere. And we kind of had her pick up the hotels. We stayed there for four nights in this little village. And uh, one night we decided to stay in the classiest hotel. It was this hotel that had a pool overlooking the ocean, like a walkway to the pool. Me and my wife, we go for a swim in this heated pool and it's a beautiful night. It was like a clear night. You could see the stars pretty clear. And I noticed something coming up from the ocean. I thought at first it was a flock of geese. And I asked my wife, hey, look at that. It looks like geese because they're in a V formation. And she was like, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And we didn't think nothing of it. The thing started coming closer and closer. And we we're like, hey, that's not, that's not geese. You know what that is? That's a paraglider. Those people that jump off cliffs, you know, with those kites. It's like, yeah, that's got to be it. Why would it be coming from the ocean? And all of a sudden, now we are starting to see it now because it's glowing. And you know, the first thing I thought of when I saw it, it was like a flying, glowing devil ray fish or something. Like it was living because it was contracting, it was expanding. And the closer it got, it started to slow down when it was coming towards us. And it was probably about 150 meters up in the air. It made no noise. It was just quite something I've never seen in my life. It was just such a weird sight. We had a really good look at it now. And it looked like a living, breathing, glowing ship of some sort. If I was to measure that ship today, I would, you know, maybe measure it around, man, I would say in feet probably a hundred feet, you know. It was shaped like a triangle, kind of like with a tail. It had all these little glowing lights. It was expanding, it was no noise, and it stopped directly above us. And now we're looking at it and petrified. We're so petrified because, you know, all these thoughts are racing through my head. It's like, oh my God, time for the abduction. You know, when's the light coming, you know, and petrified. Me and my wife, she was petrified, I was petrified. This thing, it's still like breathing almost. You could see that all these glowing lights, they're bluish, they're greenish, they're yellowish. It must have been looking at us or whatever, studying us, and it decided to move on. As it started to get to the tree line, it broke into a million pieces, the whole thing. And all those little flickering lights on it, they just flickered, they all broke away. All those little lights flickered off on their own. They just left. It just became nothing. Next morning, we were checking out. There was a guy at the hotel sitting there with a cigar with coffee. I asked him, hey, you from around here? He said, yeah, I'm from around here. I said, you ever see anything interesting? You know, and his eyes lit up. He butted out his cigar. He pulled his seat closer and he pretty much grabbed me by the collar and he just yelled at me, you tell me what you saw. And I was just like, wow, this guy's intense. And he told me, I own all these hotels. I live here. I own a villa just up in the mountains. And I try to see what you lucky tourists see all the time. 
I was like, wow, so I'm not crazy. He's like, no, you are amongst many that have shared with me what they have seen. And what you've described is one of the things that's been seen here. It validated, okay, <laughs> not crazy, you know. And so I'm one of those now that I believe that they're, you know, we're not alone in this universe. It's the first I've heard of that kind of sighting where it looks like a devil ray. You said like a living thing. Wow, really? That's cool. Randy has another story for a future episode about a time he saw something that for all intents and purposes sounds like a genuine Bigfoot sighting. Bigfoot seems to be even rarer than flying devil rays in the sky. But I eagerly await anyone listening to let me know if there are some true Bigfoot sightings or sightings of other cryptid creatures that they can tell me about so I can share them in a future episode. I googled Costa Rica UFO and I found some grainy low-resolution cell phone footage from back before we all had HD cameras in our pockets. It's hard to see with that blurry image, but it certainly looked like you'd think a flying devil ray in the sky would look like. This next storyteller thought that what she was seeing looked like a satellite. You listen to her description. Do you think satellites tend to move around the sky changing directions? I don't think so, really. This story comes from Tara from Edmonton, Alberta. Have you ever seen a UFO? No. I ask everyone I interview that question. Well, the only thing that I could think of, I was 12 and I went to Dinosaur Country Camp. It's in Drumheller. I don't know if they still do the camp or not, but it was two weeks of awesomeness. Totally go back and do it. I was the only girl well, the only one period to sleep outside underneath the stars. And the counselor was going to, but I said, no, 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 you take the last place in the tent. I'm going to sleep outside. And I could hear this, like, dun, 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 which I found out the next day was um, some uh, First Nations people blessing a house. So I had this, like, drum beat going all night. And as I was looking up at the stars, I'm pretty sure it was just a satellite though, but there was like a triangle, like three points of light in a triangle that were kind of going in a circular path. That doesn't sound like a satellite. And I watched it go past me, back, and then it just kept going. That really doesn't sound like a satellite. That really doesn't sound like a satellite. So with a satellite, it can appear to change directions because it's going, uh, it's actually going up or down. And when it goes down, it can look like it's going left or right, depending where you're looking at it from. But it can't go back and forth. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. It can't go back and forth. It can change directions and height and stuff but they're pretty limited in their range of movements. And then sometimes people will see high altitude balloons, but not at night, not bright. So that's pretty interesting, actually. I don't know. Well, that's the that's why you use the word UFO, term UFO. It's unidentified. It, 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 could, just, it could just be some kind of a um, airplane, like, for instance, a military airplane. I don't know if there's any military bases nearby or anything like that. In Drumheller, I don't think there is. No. You know what though? That would be a good that would be a good place if you wanted to fly a new plane and you didn't want a lot of people to see it. Sure enough. Yeah. 
At first, what myself and my ex-girlfriend saw out in cottage country years back seemed to have been a satellite. But then it stayed in one place, and then it came closer before finally coming close enough that we could see that it was a ball of light doing things that nothing else does. It was an experience that I can't forget. The next year after that sighting, we were at her cottage with her parents when we decided to go for a walk together down the gravel road. I was going to smoke a joint when I looked up at the sky and couldn't help but remarking out loud that it was such a crystal clear sky full of stars that maybe we could even see a UFO if we looked. Just then, as the words left my lips, a light blinked on right above us about a few hundred meters up maybe. It was bright, very bright, and we knew right away that it was not a helicopter because it made no noise. It then swept quickly to one side and back to the other, zigzagging back and forth, moving further apart at an unbelievable speed that seemed to only speed up. It was moving so quickly and it could accelerate and stop on a dime. Now, if you've ever watched Star Trek The Next Generation or any of those later Star Trek shows, when the Starship Enterprise takes off at warp speed and goes faster than light, there's that signature image they use where the ship zooms off into the distance and its glowing engines leave behind a bright streak of light, an afterimage that only lasts a second. The next moment, that was what the light did. It paused for a second, and then it took off straight up towards the stars as a long streak of bright light, moving so fast that it was gone before you could blink, and in my eyes there was just the after image of the bright streak of light. This phenomena happened seemingly as I said it, begging so many questions. When something like this happens, when you say, what if we see a UFO and then one immediately appears, I actually tend to take the least paranoid view. Rather than thinking that whatever it was had been listening into us, or even following us until it felt like making an appearance, I tend to think that my insight of saying out loud that the sky was so clear we could see a UFO might have been more of a predictive moment, a psychic moment, a glimpse of the future coming true just a moment before it does. What's known as a precognitive insight. After all, if we were about to see something so intense, is it any wonder that my mind would react in an intense way to it, almost giving myself and her a warning to prepare for what was about to happen? Thank you for listening to Supernatural Stories, and thanks for telling your friends, your family, your co-workers about the show, letting them know that there's this podcast where real Canadians can share their real stories of the supernatural. If you have your own story to share, or you think something that's happened to you is supernatural, you can get in touch with me by going to www.supernaturalstories.ca. It redirects you to the Facebook page where you can send a message and maybe share your story on a future episode. If you just want to support this show, my efforts in postering, my efforts in posting online to find these stories, and the hours and days that it takes to make the show, with me re-recording parts in order to get it perfect for you, and editing the whole thing myself, you can always show your appreciation by paying a dollar or more per month to the Patreon page, which is at www.patreon.com slash supernatural stories. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. 
This show loses money, and any funds will help me to keep making it. Thank you to the current monthly contributors, Molly Smith, John Majakovsky, and Linda Ander, and thanks to everyone for listening. I hope you'll enjoy this next story. It came about after Donovan saw one of my posts on Facebook and got in touch. I lived in an apartment around Jameson and King in Toronto. We'd been hanging out, had a couple drinks, smoked a bit of weed. We decided to go down to the park just south of Jameson and the highway there. We were having a fine time just talking, catching up with each other. All of a sudden, the both of us, as we're talking, we notice across the Humber Bay, South Etobicoke, there's these five balls of light hovering over these buildings. They're small, but they're changing colors. And at first I thought, well, maybe it's a plane coming in, but these were flashing white to blue to yellow to green very, very quickly. My friend Justin, he was like, yeah, I think those might just be satellites or something. Satellites don't move like that. There were five of them, one in the center that was brighter than the other ones, and the other ones were hovering around it. And whenever the one in the center would move, the ones around it would slowly move with it. And we just sat there for a bit. We turned to each other and like, is that what we think it is? And he's like, no, it can't be what we think it is. That is what we think it is. He's like, no, those don't exist. Like, I never thought they existed either, but that's what we're looking at right now. We just sat there for like 20 minutes without saying anything to each other and just watching them. Eventually we realized that those weren't the only one that were in the sky at the time. The other ones weren't changing color, they were just staying white. The ones that were changing colors and were above all the buildings it seemed like they were emitting light in a certain direction, all of them together down to the ground. So they'd spread around, point their beams of light at the ground, and then point their beams of light back at the one that was in the center over and over again. The one in the middle would move and all the other ones would move with it, but it would take them like a second to actually move and they were doing this 45 minutes to over an hour. It was sudden, very quick movement where they could move up, down, left, right. Like I said, there was a center, I guess you could call it UFO. Whenever that one moved, it was incredibly fast. That one could move at like kilometers at times. And for the skeptics out there, there's no way it could have been just spotlights. Like sometimes they'll turn on a bunch of spotlights that will move in patterns across the sky. Spotlights don't shine down from the sky. And also, if they were spotlights, then why did me and my buddy Justin see one right above us? So even after I told my UFO story to my mom, she said... You know, one of the neighbors at the cottage has a spotlight. 
<laughs> like, yeah, I know. I know they have a spotlight, Mom. <laughs> We've seen the spotlight before. And spotlights, they only really work if there's clouds in the sky. It was a perfectly clear day, no clouds in the sky. My oldest brother, he's like a huge conspiracy theorist. I always hated him for it. I was never a person to be like, oh yeah, UFOs, like that's a thing. I don't know exactly what I saw, but all I know is that what I saw is nothing that I have ever seen or heard of before. What I saw was not from this planet. Or not from this dimension. Exactly. What I saw can't be explained. It actually made a huge impact on my idea of life itself. My friend, he got really scared at one point and wanted to leave when I just wanted to sit there and watch and see, like, where is this going to go? He was like, I don't want to get abducted. I don't want to get abducted and get, like, probed. I wish I had stayed longer, but... So you told me that um, you've had nightmares recently about this? I started reliving the moment, but then in the back of my head, I can kind of... It's like a throbbing or a, trying to communicate with me. The UFO episode I did. I talked about my UFO encounter, and there was a point during it where we both felt... It's interesting you say throbbing... We both felt this pulsing feeling in our heads that reminded us both of being in an MRI machine. It's not like you're hearing something. Yep. It's just pulsing in your head. For anyone listening, if they've ever had this MRI experience where you can kind of feel your head resonating and pulsing, we felt that happening and just had this idea that the UFO was trying to communicate with us. I can completely relate with that. My dad said he'd seen something similar. When I told him my story of what I saw, one orb with others surrounding it, apparently that's exactly what he saw as well. It's an odd coincidence, I'll put it that way. <laughs> I talked to my buddy Justin about it a few times afterwards. He doesn't like talking about it. He doesn't like bringing it up. He was terrified. And this guy was a tough dude. So for him to be terrified of something, I actually love the experience and I still look back on it. It was probably one of the most important events in my life so far. I've looked online, there are a lot of people who claim to have seen basically the exact same thing I have seen. People use the word orbs to describe them. Yeah. So it's not like mechanical ships, it's orbs of light. Some of them are legitimately secret spaceships being developed. Did you hear Trump wants to have a space force? Yeah, yeah, they're going to have a he space said, force He said, now. you know, I was thinking we've got an air force. What if we had a space force? That sounds good. Space force. I like that. Space force. <laughs> I want a space force. Come on. Don't you want a space force? Yeah, no, I'm totally for a space force. Only if I can be a member of it. These have all been real stories from real people across Canada. Music featured in this show was by Glass Carpenter with their song Selenity 
Deluxe with Polarity, Rescue Sleeping Giant with An Old Parlor Guitar, and lastly, Lucas Gonzi with Talk About Suffering. The rest were tracks composed by myself, Cal Goodball. Thank you for listening to Supernatural Stories, and thanks for telling your friends about the show and supporting A Place for the Supernatural. If you want to contribute a buck or more towards the production of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash supernaturalstories. If you have a story of your own to contribute, you can do that at supernaturalstories.ca. Till next time. If you're still listening, I've got a message for you, loyal listener, or even if you're a first-time listener. You know, maybe you just like the blues. Maybe you're just enjoying the music I include at the end sometimes. But the thing is, I mentioned earlier, www.patreon.com slash supernatural stories is the page where you can go and become a patron of the show and help support future episodes. What I did not mention earlier is that for the time being, If you can contribute the big bucks, and I'm talking a whole $3.60 a month, which is, I'm pretty sure, like, the the size of, like, a tall iced tea. I was going to say some fancy drink from Starbucks, but those fancy drinks are probably, like, five or six bucks now. Like a tall iced tea, something like that from Starbucks or your similar highly priced uh, beverage place. So for, for that amount, you can contribute to the show per month. And get a coffee mug, which says Supernatural Stories on it. And you can drink your coffee in it. And you can even use it to do any kind of uh, um, other drink that you want to do. You could drink uh, tea out of it. You could put ice cream in it. You could have chicken soup in it. You could have a vegetarian soup in it. It's really up to you. It's your mug. And it's just to show that I appreciate anyone who, who is able to contribute that much to the show. I want them to have a little token. And then also, you can uh, bring it to your office and start a conversation about that one time where something supernatural might have happened to you and see if they've had some similar experience. I hope that this show is like that for you. Once again, you can go to www.patreon.com supernaturalstories and support the show. Any amount that you contribute, a dollar or more, really helps. Thank you. Hello, Nancy. Following Jesus.